1: Here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is absolutely incredible to be with you guys. Coming off of bye week, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. The 49ers are back in first place, and I had to go with the old school intro. The man himself, Frank the Tank, uh, giving the intro to the show, which is incredible because guess what? We get to hang out with Frank Gore this week in Jacksonville. If you're coming out to the 49ers Rush Road Trip, uh, we ponied up uh, the bread that it took to get the man 21 out. Uh, we're going to be partying with him Saturday night in Jacksonville at the underbelly. So I had to pull that one out um, way back in the day. We, we recorded that the night before the Super Bowl in Miami, uh, which was the first 49ers Rush Road Trip. And uh, this is a week of nostalgia. I'm just gonna be really honest with you. This is episode 998 of the Fourth <laughs> Rush podcast, which is ridiculous. Um, but I am so thankful, and all praise and respect goes to you guys. Appreciate all the hashtag CCs. Thank you, train wreck, bro, Caesar Grand A is in the house. Melissa always bring in the kind words. I absolutely love it. She says, best way to start. A 49er week, John Chapman plus the 49ers Rush crew means the world. What's up, Sean? And the man, look at this, James Willick coming in on Facebook. He's one of the executive producers that has made this entire show take place. And so just want to say appreciate you guys. Dot on Big Papa, Kim from across the pond. This is incredible. So 1,000 is on the way, Brian. That is correct. And you know what we do here with all the hashtag CCs and everything. We do giveaways. And we will be having our 1,000th episode Tuesday afternoon. So today's 998. Tomorrow morning with Wayne, 999. And then afternoon, I'm going to do a double show. And we're going to be giving away autographed Debo Samuel jersey. We're going to be giving away a year-long subscription to the 49ersrush.com. Just building the community and saying thank you the best way that we can. And that's giveaways. That's what we started with, and we're just going to keep that going. So if you want to enter into that, hashtag CC is one way. We have uh, the details posted on Twitter, at JL underscore Chapman. Just retweet uh, our thing. Give us a follow. You're already on YouTube probably. But, yeah, you can go do that. That's easy. Or Instagram, 49 Podcast. Uh, just type that in we're up to like, I think 14,000 over there on IG. We're building that shout out to Eric. He is crushing. So that's going to be Tuesday afternoon. We're going to announce those giveaways. That's going to be fun. But like we said, week of nostalgia, Uh, we've got the Trent balky bowl this week. And we're going to be talking a lot about the matchup with the Jaguars. Um, you know, it's, it's funny the way it works. The Jaguars have a better record than us. They're six and two. They are the number three team in the AFC. The 49ers are 5-3 and three in first place in their division, just like the Jags are, the number three seed in the AFC. This is one of those test weeks that comes out in the NFL. Now, it's an AFC versus NFC matchup, which the AFC has completely dominated all year. Uh, you look at the, the, the standings of all the teams. And shoot, you know, I'll I'll pull this up real quick here. But you look at just what is happening throughout the NFL right now between the AFC and the NFC, and it's disparity. You know, the AFC standings, they have seven teams with a 5-3 and record or better. Seven teams. They are dominating, and I would argue – that they have the best two teams of football in the AFC right now, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. You know, the poll question on today's episode, which if you haven't had a chance to vote on that yet, I hope you head up there. Where should the 49ers be in the NFL power rankings? And I gave four options. Top three, four through seven, eight through ten, or outside the top ten. And right now, 12%. Say top three, 77% say four through seven. And that's kind of where I have the Niners. If I had to say my top three currently, Kansas City Chiefs, they're seven and two. Baltimore Ravens blowing everybody out. Lamar Jackson's playing some unbelievable football. Um, they're seven and two. Those would be my top two. And then, you know, if we look at the AFC or the NFC, the Eagles, they've got the best record of football eight and one. They got to be up there too. Now, after that. It's difficult to find a team that I would put ahead of the 49ers. The Detroit Lions, I don't think they're a complete team. Yeah, their offense is great, um, but it's it just – I don't know. It's rough. Seattle, good Lord, you don't get embarrassed that bad. Uh, that was just embarrassing. The Niners have lost some games, and the Niners have the same record as the Seahawks. They're both 5-3. and three. We're ahead of the Seattle Seahawks because they lost a divisional game week one But I mean, Geno Smith has been really, really bad, really bad. And so, you know, it's 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 weird looking at the the slate that is the NFC. And so, let's just go through some of this right now. Philadelphia, they're the one seed, eight and one. Uh, Detroit, six and two. They've already got one conference loss though. And so, you know, the Eagles, they're six and zero in the conference, and they're three and zero in their division. So the tiebreaker is going to go the way of Philadelphia unless you beat them head-to-head. 49ers, 5-3. We're the three seed. 2-0 in the division, 4-1 in the conference. You still own all control. But you're going to need some help with Philly losing. They've got a bye week. But after this bye week for the Eagles, they got the Kansas City Chiefs at KC. And then they've got got a slate and a half. And so, you know you've got to give them the respect that they deserve. You win eight, you go eight and one, they're doing something right. They they've got a bye week this week, but then listen to the schedule for the Eagles. At Chiefs, versus Bills, versus 49ers, at Dallas, at Seattle. That's a tough stretch. Are they going to win all those games? I don't think so, but if they do, one seed's locked up. I mean, that's done. Bye week's over. You've got to have Philly lose one of those games and beat them and stay clean. It's pretty damn hard to envision the 49ers getting the one seed. It's doable. They're only two games back and they have them on the schedule, but you got to travel to Philly. You take care of business. We'll see. So you got to take care of business against Philly. Then you got to have them fall to somebody else. We'll see what that looks like. Uh, Number four seeds, the saints that division's terrible at five and four. Seattle falls to uh, the fifth seed. They play against Washington coming up. Dallas, sixth seed. Uh, Minnesota, who just keeps finding ways to win five and four, they are in the playoffs right now, which is crazy. And, you know, if, if we look at the playoff matchups, if the if the playoffs started today in the NFC, I already went through the seeds. The 49ers would be playing the Cowboys. You'd be hosting the Cowboys again, which is exactly what I want. I'd prefer the bye week but if you ask me, okay, John, the 49ers are hosting a wild-card round matchup. Who would you rather play against? Uh, Cowboys are number one. Uh, I I prefer to play them over the Vikings, which we already saw that, but I'd be fine playing the Vikings. Seahawks, cool, but divisional game. Saints, you know, the only way that anybody from that division gets in is if they win their division. Um, So I, I don't think that would be possible. But, yeah, you tell me we're hosting the Cowboys week one of the playoffs, Sign me up, baby, because we saw, we have seen, and we continue to see what happens when the game is on the line, and you got a terrible head coach that can't manage the clock or game properly. And Dak down the stretch, it gets bad. It gets bad quick. James, thanks for the super chat. Appreciate you, man. To be frank, I could see Lamar and the Ravens embarrassing us in the same way that uh, we've been playing. I I have said repeatedly that I really thought Lamar Jackson and the, the Ravens were a complete team. I bet very big on them winning um, You know their division, preseason, all that stuff. I mean, they're damn good. And right now, I would argue if the Ravens played the way they played against the Seahawks, they're beating everybody. Now, can they do that consistently? And that's been the question with Lamar and the Ravens. I think they have one playoff win since he showed up. And so it's one thing for October-November football – are you built for, you know, December, January, February football? With the way they run the ball, it seems like they would be. With the way their defense is played, it seems like it would be. But we haven't seen it yet. And, you know, if I was to make a prediction right now, who I think is going to make it out of the AFC, it'd be the Ravens. But somebody got to beat freaking Patrick Mahomes, you know, at some point in the playoffs. And we, we haven't really seen that. And so, yeah, well, let's see. What's up, Sin? Oh, man, we had an awesome Facebook – or not Facebook. I apologize. Um, We had an awesome Zoom hangout last night, which was so cool, uh, for the 49ers Rush, you know, our Patreon channel, and the thefortyanersrush.com. It was awesome. Appreciate you, Sin. She says, we can either rise above the three-game slide or not. It's up to the Niners. No discussing rankings until we see that. I love so much of what you just said, Sin, because – Jags are a good football team. Trevor Lawrence is a good quarterback. Very, very good. Defense is good for the Jags. Their weapons are good. All those things are great. I don't give a damn. I don't care. I don't care if we're playing Little Giants. We're playing the Jaguars, playing the freaking, I don't know, 72 Dolphins. Don't care. The Niners are in complete control of who they are and what happens in these games. I don't care what the other team does. I don't care. The Niners have to solve this issue. It's an us issue. It's a Niners issue. And if they could do that, then we'll see. And the rankings are always whatever. I mean, that doesn't determine anything. It's the standings. It's the standings. And, you know, even with the three-game slide, which is terrible, we're still in first place of our division, not the number one seed. And, you know, if all things went well, we probably should be six and two. If the kicker just did a little bit more or, you know, there's so many different things. Ball bounced differently. The five wins were five wins. Those weren't close. The three losses, two of them were close. You weren't beating the Bengals with what happened. That, that game was never really. We were never even within. Let me rephrase this. We got within one score twice. But as soon as we did, their offense went and scored. So. That's kind of the way that goes. So I think you had two close games. The Vikings game, that was winnable. The Browns game was one. We just laid an egg there. We probably should be, you know, six and two, seven and one. But that's the way it goes. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or fight for home playoff court, there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. And Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player projection won't count against you and the rest of your entry stays live. There's lots of bets. Stephen Curry over 27 and a half points. Draymond Green will he make one 3-pointer or no? Very easy things to bet. Download the app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the Prize Picks app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less, it's that easy. Good teams find ways to win ugly games. And the Niners have not shown that yet. The Godfather. Look at this. Nicholas Para. Appreciate the super chat. He says, John, other than Philly winning this weekend, uh, this weekend went well for the Niners. Uh, we just have to take care of business one week at a time, see where we land, love this team, and still think we have the best roster in the league. Man, I, I don't disagree with any of those things. Yesterday was a great day for the Niners. Yeah, the Cowboys. You know, here's what's funny about the Cowboys. The Cowboys disappoint themselves their fans, and even their haters. They could not satisfy anybody. I hate the Cowboys, but we were all pulling for them, which I would not really, I was hoping the Eagles would lose. But, like, they can't even satisfy their haters. (laughs) That's how bad the Cowboys are. And Dak played great for three quarters, but when the game's on the line, dude just lays an egg. You know, I mean, that's just who he is and who his head coach is. But the NFC West, which is what, the number one goal every single team in the NFL has, it's very simple, win your division. Niners are in first place. Still got two games against Seattle. You got one more game against the Rams, one more against Arizona. You're right where you want to be. Five and three doesn't sound sexy, but you're in first place. You're in first place. And so you take that, and again, it's just a week by week by week. The 49ers are in a good position of the fact that they're getting all these guys back. That's huge. 49ers are going to practice today. They took the bye week. Usually the first practice of the week is on Wednesday. They're going to have a light practice today, um, hoping to get some more information. Debo seems to say, you know, he said on the K. Adams show that he's back and ready to go. So that's exciting. But we'll have to see what that looks like. With you know, is he going to practice today? Is he going to be limited? He going to do all those things? Like, what's Trent Williams' status? You know, are we bringing back guys like Samuel Womack, Daryl Luter Jr.? A lot of questions there, and so, so yeah, we'll, we'll see there. Um, James says, John, you're blaming the kicker, not Purdy. Come on, my man. uh, uh yeah, that one game. Yeah, I'm bl- I'm blaming the kicker. Uh, Purdy was bad though, but he gave the team a chance. Forty-one yard field goal. You got teams. Kicking back up, running backs, making those field goals. Uh, yeah, that one I put on the kicker. Not the other one, so I don't. No, no, no. But that game was one. Brock Purdy did enough to win that game. Uh, the kicker did not. And kickers make a difference of about two games. Not saying Brock Purdy's been amazing because he hasn't been. Uh, but, no, that one game, yeah, I put that one on the kicker. I do. Um, Brock should have played better, though. But he did enough to win. The defense did enough to win. Kicker, mm, yeah, yeah. No, not even close. Not even close. That's just me. So, um, excited about this, though, man. Uh, with, with where everything is currently, you've got to have a stock up of the 49ers because of their situation. You went through a horrible three-game stretch. And it it's funny because those were all bad teams. They all have winning records now. Bengals, Browns, Vikings. Not like you lost to bad teams. You lost to teams on the road. You lost to teams. Sloppy games. You should have won two of them. But that's the way the NFL goes. The NFL will humble you. And that's what the 49ers have to come out of this. You've had a bye week. You've had rest for the first time. And you've been under-rested because every team gets more days than you. Even off our bye week, the 49ers still have to travel to a team that has the exact same amount of days rest as us. So even out of our bye week, the 49ers don't get an advantage, which really pisses me off. Um, it really, really bothers me, but that's okay. The schedule makers never do the nighters favor. You know, you're you're a coast team, you're getting screwed. West Coast teams get screwed even more because of the time change. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see w- what that is. Now, I will say this that you know, if you are coming out this week, and if you know, this is one of the games that we had circled early, early on. Um, yeah, Frank Gore is coming out. We're going to be Saturday from 2 to 6 p.m. at the Underbelly, downtown Jacksonville. And the description of this video, podcast, whatever it is you're looking for, you can see where you can buy tickets for that. Um, and so, yeah, if you just want to come hang out, that's cool. If you want to autograph in a picture with the man himself, those are ab- available. Bring whatever it is you want signed. We'll, we'll set that up. Um, and then, you know, and again, if you've never seen kind of what we do, our parties, They're pretty legit, and the way that we structure these parties is we have to charge. Uh, That's just what it is uh, to rent these spaces out. Not easy to do on the weekends on the road, but whatever we make from them, we pull, and then we pay to get awesome players like Frank Gore out, and so if you've come to the previous ones, I want to say thank you for helping us get to this point, so we're going to be partying at the underbelly with Frank Gore the night before, and then the day of, we're tailgating right across the street, right across the street. Um, it's the closest tailgate slash bar that you can get to. It's called the tailgate bar and grill. It's got a huge outdoor space. We're going to be right there Unlimited drinks, food, all that stuff. Just go to 49ers rush road And you know, we're going to have a good time. That's just what we do. We bring the community together and we, we just have a party. Uh, you know what I mean? That's what I am excited about. Right here. What's up, Phil? He says, at 5-3, and we have the best standing for eight games since 2019. Thank you, Phil, for putting it into perspective. And a lot of people really want to get upset, and I understand that. We want to win every game. But, literally, we have the best record since 2019. Since 2019. We've been to two NFC championships since then. And we have better records than those. So we have full control of the 49ers destiny. That's just exactly where we are. Five and three is is it's not perfect. And yeah, I'm still pissed about the games that we have lost. And I know I'm not alone in that, but it's not like, oh, everything's lost. I just don't I just don't feel okay with that. Um I don't. Uh, right here, Jorge, uh, Jorge or George, not sure. First seed is what we need. Who wants to play in the snow? That's not good for the California Beach Boys. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. Cold weather teams in the playoffs, there's two commonalities that you need. Strong defense, strong run game, which is the backbone of what the 49ers have been built upon. Now... Uh, If you listened to one of our shows last week, uh, this clip I played not enough times. But here's George Kittle. uh, And I think this is probably my biggest complaint about the last three games right here. And us being a one-dimensional football team isn't very good. If you go pass only, Brock Purdy ain't built for that. Offense ain't built for that. Defense ain't built for that. That's not who we are. And, yeah, blame goes around. I, I get all that. But it's, it's it's a lot of different things. You run the ball, good things happen, period. What's up, Mike and Tom? Glad that you guys are with us. And Ed, John, you're right. That kick changed everything. We had a 10-game winning streak that threw it out of balance. And from there, and so you got to stop the tailspin. You got to. Right now, 49ers in the tailspin. You get this huge bump with that trade of Chase Young. Oh, my gosh. Gigantic. You get Debo back. I expect Trenton Williams to come back. I I fully do expect that. I I think you're going to get some more secondary help off of Pup and IR. Things are trending correctly, but you got to go change some stuff. You've got to. And and so you've got to just take care of things. As Sin said it earlier, this is up to the Niners. The Niners, I do believe, have the best or one of the best rosters in the NFL. Jags are a great football team. They do not have the roster that we have. They don't. And so you, you got to go out there. You got to go out there. And you got to prove that. And I think that's huge. Nick, what's up, Eddie says, well, we'll um, here we go. This team, we will will this team to a win in Jacksonville. Going to be a hell of a time, and we're going to get back to our winning ways. Come on down and party with us, Faithful. Man, he, he's the best. What's up, Brian Carter? Uh, we got a lot of good people here. Appreciate you guys. And happy birthday, uh, Thomas. Uh, I think I missed that one, but happy birthday, my friend! I'm scrolling through the chat. I'm doing uh, everything I've I've tried to do uh, on my own over here. Brian says, "John, we're a kick away from six and two. We're getting reinforcements back, and we're like two to three tweaks away from returning to dominance." I love that, man. It's that's that's huge. I think that's huge. Ed, just listen to the players. Their goal was to win at the beginning, so we don't fall behind. Uh, We accomplished that. We're still right back in it to be encouraged. The entire NFC West lost. They went 0-3. All three teams scored six points combined. The Seahawks got embarrassed. Absolutely flat-out embarrassed. It's not a good team. Gino, ugh. Gino has looked really, really bad. Uh, maybe one of his worst performances as a pro, and that's saying a lot because he won Comeback Player of the Year from being a terrible quarterback. He didn't even get injured and he won the award. Second half Gino has arrived. Um, we'll see if it sticks. Maybe they make some adjustments. But he's got some of the best weapons in the NFL, and he's still below average um, at best. Uh, he's just not good. He's not good. Nick, appreciate the super chat, my friend. How is it that Shannon doesn't get as much criticism as Wilkes? I'm with you. Um, You lose one piece and can't adjust. Why not CMC into the Debo role, Mason into the running back role? I agree with you as well. Um, I think that Shanahan has more skins on the wall than Wilkes. I I totally understand that. But again, for me, I'm with you here. I'm more upset with the 49ers offense scoring 17 points three weeks in a row on that three-week skid than I am the 49ers defense. The 49ers defense, 19 points allowed, you lost. 22 points allowed, you lost. Now, the Bengals game, you want to put that on the defense. I have no issues. And it's not like the defensive performances of the Browns or Vikings were stellar. But you hold a team to 19 points, you should win that game. You hold a team to 22, you should win that game. We have a 30-point offense per week. And, you know, the criticism should be wide instead of so narrowed on Steve Wilkes. And, like, I'll tell you this, too. The 49ers have allowed the fourth-fewest points in the NFL. Fourth-fewest. Like, like, come on, guys. Fourth-fewest. Now, the offense has scored the fourth-most points. They're symmetrical. We, You know, from pro football reference, we have the most interceptions per game. Uh, I think there's one team that has 12 interceptions. We have 11, but they played one more game. So, you know, PFR has us, you know, number one. We're turning the ball over and we're not getting that many. We're not giving up that many points. You're giving up a lot of efficiency. It has this defense played to the caliber that we want. No, but neither has the offense. Neither has the offense. And and I think that's the issue. That's what really bothers me. Right here, D-Flow. Kyle needs to be better in time management. Can't leave timeouts and have more urgency when down 14 points with a hurry-up offense. Practice on the two-minute drill. You know, I I was at training camp, and they practiced it. Yeah, I don't don't know what their weekly practices look like. They kick everybody out, so it's not even worth it to go for me. But it's... It's, it's a mess. It, it's 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 not great. When Kyle Shanahan goes one-dimensional pass-heavy, bad things happen. That's all that there is to it. And that's his de facto games within one score. Ah, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. Not the way our team is built. Not the way Brock Purdy's built yet. He's only 23. Perhaps he could be that. But we haven't seen it. That's not the way we're built. Big Papa says, Johnny Dale says our defense just has to do their job. Stay assignment strong. We'll be okay. I agree 100%. Fred Warner is incredible and he's doing too much out there. He's playing Superman and we're paying the price for it. Same thing that happened last year though. And that was a different DC. Our defense is better now than it was the first eight weeks last year. We're ranked way above. And that was with Tobiko. I love Tobiko. But, you know, people always want to point and figure out somebody. I understand the anger. I get that. Um, I get that. But it, it, it's what it is. Thomas, I keep getting this comment. Shanahan does not trust Mason in pass blocking, but what's stopping him from running him like a a sledgehammer against the defense on running plays? I'm with you completely. You watch those handful of plays Elijah Mitchell got. They were terrible. He literally tackled Christian McCaffrey on one of the plays. Uh, Piddledy drew the whole thing off sides. But, like, yeah, Elijah Mitchell's been awful. Three straight consecutive games. I know that he's been great in the past, but yeah, there is no way in the world Jordan Mason could be that bad for one game, let alone three consecutive games. As Elijah Mitchell, he has negative yards total over three games in a row. So, like the pass pro thing, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I, 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 I don't know. You can't be as bad as Elijah Mitchell has been, and I love Elijah Mitchell, and I hope that he comes back and re- looks like his former self because right now that's like a cuttable player. Uh, You don't cut him, but he has played so poorly. Like, I would not allow him to have snaps for the next few weeks, personally. Jordan Mason's way better more impactful. Ah. Yeah, it, it grosses me out. You don't have to have subpar play whenever you have Jordan Mason back there who's never put up that tape. The tape that Elijah Mitchell has put up three weeks in a row, not one of those reps are as bad as Jordan Mason's worst rep in his career. That dude's got like 20-plus bad reps in a row. Is it all his fault? No. But at some point, you got to do something positive, and he hasn't done it three consecutive games. Jordan Mason's never had a bad snap. Literally, the second highest rated player we have, PFF, you got to give him a chance. and We're not even seeing it. I don't understand. Makes no sense. Ed, John, you said they've had time to reflect. They're tired of hearing about it. Uh, perfection, what perfection is, and it's on its way back. Dude, I'm with you, man. You got to respond. And I think that the Niners have that opportunity. Now, one of the emails I got this week from Russ, shout out to Russell, um, He said, it seems that offenses are countering both in the pass rush by getting the ball out quicker. Does this affect draft strategy regarding value back into the defense and all that stuff? If quarterbacks are getting the ball out within two and a half seconds, Should we address defensive back with some of these first round picks? I don't think the Niners are going to change what they're doing. I really, really don't. I think the Chase Young trade further exemplifies that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are completely bought in. They want the best edge players. They want the best defensive line players. And that's where their money is wrapped up in moving forward. That's where their draft capital is wrapped up in. I don't think they're going to change. The Chase Young trade... They could have traded for a corner. They did not. Instead, they doubled, tripled, quadrupled down on the edge pressure. So, Rush, your question, should they change? Uh, I don't know. If you told me as a defensive coordinator, as a head coach, teams are scared of your pressure, and they're going to throw the ball in two and a half seconds or less all the time, I would say perfect. So you have to counteract that. That's a huge advantage because now you don't have to worry about super deep shots. You don't have to worry about play action. You know, all these kind of double moves, whatever else you don't have to worry about that. Keep it all in front rally tackle. And that's what the Niners haven't done. Well, so if if you promise me teams are going to throw the ball before two and a half seconds all the time, I'm fine with that. Now, Certain quarterbacks can take advantage of that. Joe Burrow doesn't care if pressure comes in. Kirk Cousins doesn't care if pressure comes in. And they took advantage of it. But I'm all right with that. If I could stop the run and force the team to throw in two and a half seconds or left, that limits so much of the playbook of the opposing team. So will the Niners change their philosophy? Absolutely not. They won't. Should they? I'm a little closer to 50-50, but... You mean to tell me they're always going to do that? Fine. I have no problem. Because that just limits everything that they can do. We can predicate so much more of our coverage just to allow short, consistent throws, rally, make the tackle. We're a great tackling team. We haven't been the last three weeks. That's a winning scheme. That's a winning value. You pair that with we're going to run the ball effectively on offense. That's complimentary football. We're not going to turn the ball over. Okay, we're not giving up explosives, okay. But whenever one of those things goes out of whack, it affects everything on the opposing side. And when the special teams then drops the ball, when finally your offense, or defense gets to shut down, finally your offense puts your team in a position to win, and then finally the special teams drops the ball, that's a killer. And I think what teams don't understand or don't do well in the NFL is playing exactly that. And that's complementary football. You do that, you're going to win some games. Now, this right here, I'm showing a picture. This shows the EPA, offensive EPA, further to the right, the better you are offensively, and defensive EPA, the further up uh, to the top of the chart, the better you are. So top right or elite, bottom left or terrible, right? 49ers are the furthest top right. Of anybody here. There's there's four teams in this elite category: Ravens, Niners, Bills, Dolphins. Now, this doesn't take it. This is EPA. So per play, that's a large sample size. There's a lot of plays. The 49 ers are above average team defensively. They are much more efficient offensive-wise. But like they're in this elite territory. They really, really are. Now the second round of players is Cowboys, Chiefs, Eagles. And I know somebody sitting there saying, well, the Eagles and the Chiefs have the best record in football. That's sometimes the ball's got to bounce your way. That's just the way it goes. Now, the Jaguars, who we have this week, they're in the third tier. They have an above-average defense, but a below-average offense whenever it comes to EPA. They are not on the positive side, but their defense has been really, really good. And so, for me... This, these are the things that are important whenever you look at what the Niners can be versus what they were the last three weeks. You messed up one part of this equation. You know, sometimes the offense is letting down the defense with turnovers and three and outs. You know, going back through the film just from last week. In the opening quarter, uh, maybe the second well, was the second quarter. In the opening half, you had second and two twice and went three and out on both of those drives. How is that possible? Second and two, and you went three and out twice? That's not efficient offense. That doesn't help your defense. It doesn't help the field position. That's not who the 49ers are, right? That's not who they are. Will that help getting back Debo? Yes. Will it help getting back Trent? Yes. But even without those guys, you cannot just sit back and be like, oh, shucks man (laughs) like that's not how it works you got to overcome adversity and the niners have been great at that can't let the loss of one or two players being injured ruin everything that's just not winning football overcome adversity the niners haven't shown that they could do that yet thankfully they're getting back enough players that they're going to be able to build and flex on teams just because they have such a better roster now, if you feel like you know the NFL and you feel like you know the Niners, there's money to be had. When your money's on the line, choose a trusted sportsbook that gives you tools to win like my bookie. And my bookie doesn't matter if your team's up or down, you can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. Use my bookie for daily odds boost, same game parlays, I like teasers, and take advantage of the huge prize pool contest. Plus, my bookie currently has a no strings attached cash bonus that lets you deposit, withdraw quick. Carries a one-time rollover, can't find that anywhere else. Just use promo code 49ers, 49ERS or scan the QR code on this video right next to my face here to claim your own cash deposit bonus now. That's promo code 49ers. So, try my money uh, money bag. Uh, you basically roll the dice and it picks a team and gives you extraordinary Extraordinary odds on who's going to win the Super Bowl. Um, lots of fun options there. So bet anything, anytime, anywhere, and I do mean anywhere, wherever you are, you can bet with my bookie. Just make sure you use the promo code 49ERS and let's go. Let's make some money together. Yeah, we had a great week. Um, you know, but our two big teaser bets this week both hit, so no misses this week. We had a we didn't put a lot out there with the Niners being off, but excited about you know, looking towards the future there. But, um, yeah, injuries right here. Thank you. Um, Akshay says, I feel bad for Cam Akers, to be honest. Confirmed torn Achilles again. Hate to see that. And injuries, Jedrick Wills, I believe. was. it I want to make sure I get that correct there. Um, yeah, Jedrick Wills, he suffered an MCL sprain. You've got the quarterback, you know, Daniel Jones. He's out, you know, with an ACL tear. It's terrible. The NFL is full of season-ending injuries. Niners really haven't had any of those. Cross our fingers. But, like, what makes the Daniel Jones, I'm so glad he got paid. I'm always happy he got paid. But the Niners are good for a reason. You look at Daniel Jones' contract was the worst contract in the NFL when he signed it. It's even worse next year. $35.5 million is fully guaranteed next year against injury. On top of that, his salary cap hit for next year, 2024, 47.1 million. And I we've we said the chat has said the 49ers have the best roster in the NFL. I think we definitely have a top three roster of the NFL. And here's why. Daniel Jones, 47.1 million cap hit next year. Listen to how the 49ers spent that same money. Same money. Javon Hargrave, $15.5 million cap hit next year. Nick Bosa. $14.6 million cap hit next year. Christian McCaffrey, $14.1 million cap hit in 2024. That's $44 million. You got another $3 million on top of that just to get what Daniel Jones brings, and he ain't even going to play. Not even going to play. The way the Niners are building this team consistently, and I'm not trying to take shots at Daniel Jones. I hope, I hope that's not coming across that way. I feel really bad for him. Um, I'm glad he got paid. Do I think he's good? I don't. But I love it when players get paid. However, they built their roster complete backwards. And they're selling assets off already. And we're going to have Hargrave boast the CMC next year. They're not even going to have Daniel Jones. Like, the way the Niners are doing everything, it's going to allow them to continue to be in this position. It really, really is. And so... Like good teams do good things, smart things. And then you look at this is compounded by the Chase Young trade. You didn't even give up a third round pick for him. You gave up the last third round comp pick. It's going to be like pick 102. That's it. You're only paying this dude $500,000 to have for the rest of the year. It's bargain basement shopping at bargain basement prices with high upside. Maybe Chase Young goes out there and balls out, and you sign him to a long-term deal, and you got both and Chase Young for the future. That's a great situation. Now, you'd have to move some stuff. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to sign all the other guys that we're hoping to sign, but that's a good problem to have. He walks because he plays so well you can't pay him, you get a compensation pick right back. What they're doing makes complete sense. Now, you pair that with, listen to this question, Good friend, David. What's up, brother? He says he he texted me this. He said, you think Chase Young helps against the Eagles with his familiarity, you know, being in the NFC East? And at first I was like, no, I don't think so. But then I went through his game logs. He He's played against the Eagles four times in his career. Now, remember, there's three Chase Youngs. There's Chase Young, rookie year, unbelievably great. There's Chase Young, injury, which took two years to recover from, and he was really bad. Then the third Chase Young, the current installment this year, Chase Young's great again. He's better than he was his rookie year. So I went back the four last four games against the Eagles. He had one and a half sack, one sack, one sack, zero sacks. That's pretty damn good. So that tells me he shows up at the most opportune moments. Big games, big players show up at big stages, at big games to make big plays. Chase Young seems to fit that mold. We'll see what that transition is going to be like with the Niners. Uh, I fully expect him to go out there and start. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Cleveland Farrell is the first one out there, but I think Chase Young is going to have a higher snap count. That's what I really care about. Uh, I hate that starters are the person that goes out there for the first play. I've never really liked that, especially from a defensive standpoint because you can scheme whatever else, Uh, but whatever. Chase Young should get more snaps. And if he doesn't week one, he should week two with the team. The bye week definitely helps because he'll have that time. Defensive end's pretty damn easy to pick up and transfer and all that stuff. So uh, not too concerned about that. But but I am excited about what this Niners team continues to do. And that's build blue chip talent at blue chip positions. Just got to answer the damn call. That's the thing. And... You know, we we can look at, you know, so much of, you know, we we always talk about sacks and I feel like we care more about sacks than we do wins at this point just because of how things have gone. And and I'll be honest, I have been harsh, beyond harsh um, (laughs) on Nick Bosa because I don't think that he has lived up to what he has done in the past. I, I really, really don't. But it's not like he's been bad. And understand, to much is given, much is required. And Nick Bosa is one of the most talented human beings on the planet. Has he gotten the sacks? He has not. He has not. But Nick Bosa leads the entire NFL in quarterback hits by a wide margin. Now, quarterback hits is a weird metric, and if you look at Pro Football Reference, they have different numbers than Pro Football Focus and whatever else, and you can kind of pick that, whatever. But whenever it comes to analytics that are charted like this, I prefer Pro Football Focus. That's just my own personal preference. And if you look at quarterback hits this year, Nick Bosa leads the NFL. He's got 15. The next closest person in the NFL has 10. That is incredible. Now, can he finish some of those and lead to sacks? That would be huge. That would be absolutely huge. He hasn't done that yet. But my criticism of Bosa, I stand by, you got to be better than just quarterback hits. You got to get more sacks. You got to. Now, sacks are one of the worst stats (laughs) that that have been tracked because it's just so damn difficult to use it as an honest metric for the efficiency of a pass rusher. But, man, you, you got to go get it. You, you got to finish some damn plays. And whenever you're playing against somebody like a Joe Burrow, quarterback hits don't matter because he'll stay in there all damn day. He doesn't care. And that's what beat us. And, you know, I, I really think that was it. It's just uh, Burrow showed how much better he is than Bosa. And I understand the D end to quarterback you know, matchup is so weird, but every time Bosa affected a play, Burrow was better, and almost all of Burrow's best plays in the game came with Bosa right in his face. Right in his face ain't good enough. Sometimes you got to finish it. And, you know, you sin. Armstead gave Bosa credit for quarterback hits. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Called him the best pass rusher he's ever played with. I think that's pretty fair. He's played with, you know, DeForest Buckner, Um you know, you know, there's not really anybody else that really fits that mold. And you, you just got to get there. And you got to figure those things out, and we'll see. Right here, actually, it's weird seeing Max, Watt, Garrett changing the game every Sunday, and we just get pressures hits from Bosa. But it wasn't that way last year. Last year, Bosa changed the damn games. This year, we have not seen that. And I agree with you. And I would put all three of those guys. I'd put Fred Warner ahead of Bosa this year as an impact player. But yeah, you're right. There are three very clear, very defined pass rushers that are just changing the game week in a week out. And that's Max Watt and Garrett. Would I take Bosa over all of them? I would, I would, but this year I would not. I would not TJ Watt. I'm taking TJ Watt, man, this year, but I, I'm not saying get rid of Bosa. That's all I'm saying at all. I'm saying he has changed. He's changed the game every game. Garrett played against us, did have a good game, but then the following week, he goes out there and blocks a kick, gets sacks, fumble, recover, like unbelievable. And yeah, Max Crosby, Max, like Max is awesome. That dude's such a good dude. Diamond Dog Sports, thank you for the super chat. He says, you got to be critical of Bosa. Holding out didn't help the team get any better. 100% agree there. He wanted the big dog check and got it, but hasn't earned it to me since, and I'm going to add, since then. He earned the payday. What he did his rookie year, what he did last year, I, I think he was the best defensive player both years. This year, I don't even think he's a top 10 guy, Um, personally. He's up there, but he's got to come out and do some more. He's got to. Um, Oh, right here, Kim Uh, says Chase Young will be wearing number 92. Um, I will take Kim at his word. I have not seen this confirmed anywhere, Um, but I like that number. I ain't mad at number 92. Now, I'm assuming that is the case, and I'm taking Kim's a good man who I've met, and he is freaking awesome. I want to look at – oh, here we go. I'm going to open up the franchise encyclopedia. And I want to see who else ha- has worn the the great 92. Uh Kerry Hyder Jr. was the most recent one. Has anybody else seen this this be confirmed? Uh I don't want to do a whole bit on it and be wrong, but I freaking love this. We look at the number 92. And this is off a of pro football reference. Um, these are the highest approximated value for what they've done with their teams for the 49ers that have worn 92 Abreu, Franklin from 2007 to 10 Roy Barker Quentin Dial the big dude Tim Harris, Carrie Hyder Charles Minihue, uh, Tony Brown. And there, there's a bunch more guys on there. And some of them, you know, Lowell Wagner played back in the forties and fifties and Paul Crow, the forties guy. So uh, there's a lot of guys that have donned, that number. Oh, we've got confirmation. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate you guys. Um, yeah, there we go. Welcome, number 92. I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, because, you know, his numbers were all taken. So, you know, you could kind of pay for a number, which my son did on a JV team this year, which was awesome. Somebody wanted his number. He didn't really care about it, so he made some money. I was proud of him. Get him, you young Um, But, yeah, it seems like he went with the carry Hyder number, which was vacated whenever he left. Um, yeah. Uh, well, well that, that's awesome. I'd uh, love to see it. Number 92, welcome, man. You can't wait to see him playing. Ed says, John, do you think Bosa is responding to Steve Wilk's messaging? He wasn't... I'll, look, I'll say this. When Bosa came out and said, yeah, we've been a past Rush 4 team, and we just haven't been that this year, he let Bosa rush one-on-one the whole time, and he did not live up to his side because. The last half against the Vikings, he was not double teamed, and he didn't win any reps. It, now he got pressures. I understand pressures are important, but not against that quarterback. You look at almost the entirety. Bosa went from the most double teamed player in the NFL by a wide margin to like now he's like fifth or sixth after six quarters because when the Vikings played him, they said, look, we're just going to try to do one-on-one and see what happens. And they're like, oh, we can get away with it. He's not winning the one-on-one matchups. And then the Bengals saw that off a of bye week, and they're like, hey, let's give it a shot. Guess what? They chipped him some. But I would argue this Bengals game was his lowest double team rate maybe in his entire career. And, yeah, he got a lot of pressures but didn't win it. So Bosa started this thing, you know, critiquing Wilkes in public, and he only did it after Shanahan. I hate that Shanahan did that. Keep your stuff in-house. Don't put it out there. But um, yeah, we'll see. Bosa can not be the best. He's not the best right now. He's not. Whether it's one-on-one, he ain't winning. He is not winning. Uh, pressures are great. Quarterback hits are better. At some point, you got to change the game. You got to. And we, we just haven't seen that. You know what I mean? We just haven't seen it. And so you got to go get that, man. Go get it. Urgh. Get me all fired up. Going to get me upset. In a good way. In a good way. Now, uh, again, just want to remind everybody, this is episode 998. We are giving away an autographed Debo Samuel jersey Tuesday afternoon for our 1,000th episode. Wow. Uh, very, very proud of that. Full uh, year-long membership to the $40 rush.com. All those things are going to be up. Uh, we've got a fun week because tomorrow at 10 a.m., John and Wayne show excited about that one. Um, then Tuesday afternoon, doing double duty. We'll do our thousandth episode um, in the afternoon. Wednesday morning, we got the John, or Steph and John and Wayne show. And then Thursday, we're going to be doing our what's it called? Um, our full scouting report, predictions, bets of the week, all that stuff. Because I fly out early Friday morning to get ready for you know all the stuff with Frank Gore Saturday and all that stuff. It's a long flight. I know it is, but that's okay. Uh, excited about this weekend. And if you're coming out, come party with us, 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. That's going to do it for us today. I'm going to go break down some more film on the 49ersRush.com. So if you want to see those things, head over there. But until tomorrow morning, you guys are the absolute best. Thank you, guys. And as always, stay strong and faithful.